And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. We hear this from St. Paul in his letter to the church at Ephesus. And this work of equipping the saints for the building up of the body of Christ is still carried on in hundreds of thousands of Catholic parishes after almost 2,000 years. In his work as a priest and an evangelist in the Diocese of Fort Worth, Father Eric Voles shares the Word of God with us that we might be built up into the fullness of Christ. Now, from All Saints Anglican Church, here is Father Eric Voles equipping the saints. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. You may be seated. Good morning. Well, it's definitely warmed up a little bit. Uh, the first service, we couldn't get the, uh, the uh, heat going, so we were sitting in a nice 57 degrees. Uh, I gave the church permission to cuddle in the early service. So, uh, uh, but we are, are thankful to have you here today, and it's a little warmer uh, in the sanctuary. Uh, I'm back to being hot, so it's good, so... Today we are hearing from our Lord Jesus uh, these words that are so uh, well known by us because every service we start begins with the summary of the law. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind, with all your strength. Love your neighbor as yourself on these two commandments. Hang all the law and the prophets. But what does this really mean for us? How can we learn to love God with everything we have? And how does that help us to love our neighbor as ourselves? St. John the Wonder Worker wrote this about this context of loving God. He said, This, loving God, is accomplished by the action of divine grace grafted in the church. But man's effort is also required. God saves his fallen creatures by his own love for him. But man's love for his his creator is also necessary. Without it, he cannot be saved. Striving towards God and cleaving unto the Lord by its humble love, the human soul obtains power to cleanse itself from sin, and to strengthen itself for the struggle to complete victory over sin. What St. John is saying here is really opposed to almost all what we hear about the faith in today's world. I grew up in an environment where believing in God, being saved, required pretty much walking an aisle or raising a card or saying a prayer. And then after I got my fire insurance and got saved, it really didn't matter what I did from there forward. But this is antithetical to faith. Faith calls on us to respond to the grace of God. And I love this line where it says, but God saves his fallen creature by his own love for him, but man's love for his creator is also necessary. Faith in God is not a one-way street. Christ didn't come to die on the cross for our sins that we would remain there. But Christ came to give us victory over death, victory over sin. And this is what it means to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. 
We know that God loves us. We know the Scriptures. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. But sometimes we forget the rest of that verse. That whoever believes in Him would have everlasting life. Believing in God, following God, loving God is the starting point for all Christians. Loving God begins with acknowledging His power, His glory, His might, His worthiness to be loved, worshipped, and glorified. If we don't start there, if, if for some reason we, we, we have this idea of God, but it doesn't really hit us, we believe in something in books. But we don't believe in the living and true and powerful God. We need to recognize if we truly profess that God is powerful, that His, His glory and His holiness is radiant, that His might is beyond all measure and all power. If those things we comprehend to our ability, we have no choice but to respond that He is worthy. Remember in the book of Revelation, You see this scene of the Lamb and and the saints and the angels and everyone around the throne. And they sing this hymn. Worthy, worthy is the Lamb that was slain. Worthy is He. And that's what we come together to do. To proclaim and to tell God what He already knows. But He wants to hear it from us. That He is worthy. So how can we learn to love this God? Loving God grows into a desire to want to be with Him. Both here on earth, now in our toil on this side, and in the eternal paradise of heaven, the eternal state. And I'm going to ruffle some feathers here, and I'm sorry, but it's the truth. We cannot say we love God if we do not desire above all things to dwell in His presence. In other words, loving God begins right here with the very basic requirement of the Christian life. God calls us to love Him with all of His heart, all of our hearts, soul, minds, and strength. But the church has given us one real requirement if we are able, obviously through health and things of that nature. One real requirement that we would give to God one day in seven to worship Him in His glory with His body, the church. Sadly, many of us, and myself included, I always know the joke of a wife goes and talks to a husband in the morning and says, "Hun, we have to go to church. And the husband says, but I don't want to. The sermons are boring. And I don't like some of these people, and they don't like me, and it's filled with hypocrites. And the wife tells the husband, Honey, you have to get up. You're the pastor. (laughs) We don't always want to come and worship. But the church has given us this one simple thing. If we are able to give one day a week to God, He is worthy, as I've used that term now a lot today, He is worthy of all seven, 24-7, 365. God is worthy of our praise, our glory, and our honor, and we should develop a life of prayer every day and a life of worship every day. 
But the church has said, one day is given unto the Lord, the Lord's day. And in our society, in our culture, we have done everything we can to make the day that is supposed to be given to God the busiest, most entertainment-filled day, the most anti-God day in the week. We give Monday through Friday, for most of us, to an employer. We get Saturdays usually for ourselves. And yet sometimes we have difficulty giving God one day. Secondly, to love God and to love being here in His presence means we must love God through and with His people. Another zinger, I hope, uh, again, may ruffle a couple feathers, but you know me, I'll say it anyway. We cannot say we love God, but reject being with His people. His body on Sundays in the body of Christ with the flock is where we are called to give our primary love and worship to God. It doesn't matter if I don't like everybody. It doesn't matter who may have offended me. It doesn't matter who may have sinned against me. It doesn't matter if the sermons are good. It doesn't matter if the singing's great or not. But we are called to come together as the body of Christ, lift our voices to praise and thanksgiving and prayer to God in thanksgiving. This is how we demonstrate our love for God. Thirdly, in our, our, our points here, how do we love God? We love God by demonstrating this love of Him by rejecting sinful attachments. And as you know, we are nearing the end of our pledge drive, so I'll throw in a little help here. How do we reject sinful attachments? This begins in the mind of the church with the fruit of our labor, what we do with our time, our talent, and our treasure. The discipline of the tithe, the 10% of giving to God 10%, is meant to be a starting point in our life, in our giving. Why? Because giving God simply the tenth demonstrates that we reject the love of money and we reject the love of our possessions. The tithe goes to God as the first fruits, not the leftovers. We learned this in Dave Ramsey in our, 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 our financial peace class. If we don't make that the priority at the top of our budget list, we end up by practice giving God what's left over. The Bible says the scraps go to the dogs. Don't give God the scraps. Give God the choice fruit, the first fruits. If we cannot trust God with simply 10%, how are we really going to honor Him with the remaining 90? In the Bible, we call these giving alms. Alms are not limited to just our treasure, our resources, our possessions, but also to our time and our talents. If we are going to love God, we must have something we do, some ministry, some action that we give back to God and to the church as, an, as a ministry and as an act of love towards Him. Many of you serve in the altar. Some of you do flowers. Some of you vacuum and no one notices. These are all beautiful gifts we give back to God. And these are important things. Another saint, St. Paisio, said this, Christians 
are destined to bear a heavy cross in their life. It's a difficult thing to say you believe in the Lord and also that you have ease of life in this life. Because when you are having ease of life on the earth, there must be something wrong with yourself. We don't think this way. If you care about the gold of the land and not for the treasures of heaven, but when you think like this, you are far away from God. Christian life and having ease in life do not go together. They are different things. Reminds you of the words of Jesus, doesn't it? If you will not deny yourself, take up your cross daily and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. Love of God ultimately means giving ourselves to God in the same way that Christ gave himself up for us. We turn over to God our wills, we turn over to God our choices. And we give him everything that is due, which is all things. What else can we do to draw closer to the love of God? Well, we can give our bodies over to the Lord by entering into the fasting disciplines of the church, recognizing the wisdom of the spiritual fathers and mothers of the church. And this is simply it. If we can gain control of our appetites for food and control our bellies, will gain the spiritual tools to reject and overcome all the sins of the flesh. If we can learn to say no in certain times and certain days to certain foods and to that one extra bite, we'll be able to say no to temptation. We'll be able to turn off the computer to avoid that website, to stay clear of those pictures, maybe even chocolate, I don't know something that draws our hearts. And these are tools to help us hone the spiritual life. And when we can accomplish these things, then we will learn to reject the other sins, sexual or otherwise, and learn to honor our bodies as temples of the Holy Spirit. When we do these things and we see ourselves as not our own, this opens our hearts to the Holy Spirit to be changed, to experience this process we call theosis, sanctification, deification, or to make it really simple, union with Christ. We forget that the purpose of the Christian life, the purpose of the spiritual life, is to become so united with Christ that we become by grace what God is by nature, that we become little Christs, Christians, which is what that means. And we must realize, ultimately, this is what eternal life in heaven is, to become united with God through Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. St. Peter calls this, he says, through Christ, and, and when we live in Christ, and we become, a, when we become a, in Christ to such a degree, he says we become partakers of the divine nature, that we become one with Christ and become what he is. Ultimately, heaven is not what we think of as some artists have rendered it, bouncing around on clouds with little naked cherubs everywhere, playing on their harps. Heaven is the epitome of union with God. Us in Him, 
he in us. We say every Eucharist. This love for God pours by necessity then into our hearts and causes us to love our neighbor. Real quickly, in light of the love of God, how do we love our neighbor? Through the love of God, we develop the love that God has for us. Because we see in all people that they are made in the image and likeness of God. And we see in all people, though they are sinners, we see in all people that Christ died for them. We see in every person, from the worst of the sinner to the best of the saints, someone who God loves. And that whoever God loves, we are to love. Whether someone's hurt us, lied to us, stolen from us, spoke falsehood about us, or simply disappointed us, God calls on us to overlook their sin and to love them because God has overlooked our sin and loved us. St. John Chrysostom, one of my favorite church fathers, said this, If you cannot find Christ in the beggar, you will never find him in the chalice. If we can't see God in others, how will we ever see him in the bread and wine, in the body and blood of the Eucharist? In other words, it loses its power if we come to the Eucharist with hatred, malice, or lack of love in our hearts towards our brothers and sisters. So let us pray that we might keep the great commandment to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, minds, and strength, to love our neighbors as ourselves, because it is on these things that all the law and the prophets hang. Our very spiritual life, our very salvation, hangs on these principles. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.